Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Wednesday, July 27th. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. I have always been fascinated with words, fascinated with language. As a child, I read the dictionary for fun. So, you know, for me, it's a real passion. Always has been, probably always will be. And I'm an author, so of course, I love words. I also am impressed with how language causes us to create certain pictures in our mind. And those pictures drive how we think and how we feel about the words that we hear. So let me give you an example. If we say, if I say that someone is angry versus they're violent, there's a very different picture that comes up in your mind of someone being angry versus someone being violent. If I say that someone is kind, as opposed to saying that they're loving, well, kind evokes a certain mental picture and emotional response to what kindness is. But if someone is loving, it evokes a different response. So how we talk to one another, the words that we use are really important. And it's why I titled this episode, The Politization and the bastardization of language, because that's what's happening. And it is happening at lightning speed, and it is happening by this administration. I'd like to give you some examples. Let me start with recession. We're in a recession economically. Every single person on the other side of this podcast listening right now knows that we're in a recession. Because a recession is not only something that you can feel in your own financial situation. You feel it when you go to the store. You feel it when you go to the gas station. You know it because we have a definition of what a recession is. And that definition is two straight quarters of negative growth. Well, we've had that. Only this administration is now redefining what a recession is because they don't want to be blamed for the recession. They don't want responsibility for the recession because November are the midterms and they don't want a bad economic mindset in the public come the midterms because people vote their pocketbooks. Disinformation is another word they've played with and wreaked havoc with. Disinformation has become anything that they want to say and use to target their political enemies. That's what disinformation is now. It's not just disinformation in the sense that it can come from anyone. No, it only is coming from people who are their political enemies. Domestic terrorists has been redefined within the last, what, year, year and a half at the most. The National School Board Association sent a letter to the Biden administration specifically naming parents as making violent threats against school board members and teachers. The Justice Department went after parents as domestic terrorists. 
The big one is probably insurrection, right? We have 750 people that have been arrested and held without trial since January 6th. There was no insurrection. There was a a riot of sorts. A mob got out of control. Some people entered the Capitol building through entrances that were not available to the public. Others entered with permission of police inside the Capitol. But some people violated the law on January 6th. But insurrection has been used because it's being used as a bludgeon for this Democratic Party's enemies. Voter suppression is another one. Voter suppression is what they have labeled legitimate state efforts to prevent illegal votes from happening. Illegal votes like illegal absentee ballots, people who shouldn't really be voting absentee, or ballot harvesting, where a third party goes around gathering up votes from people in senior homes and people who aren't able to even determine for themselves how they want to vote. Then they congregate all those votes together and they drop them off somewhere. Those are not legal votes. So states have made efforts going forward so that doesn't happen. And what does this administration call that? They call that voter suppression. The other one that we know so well is illegal alien. You can't use that term anymore. It's been redefined. Now the term is a non-citizen. Why? For a couple of reasons. One is, according to the administration, it's more inclusive and it's less dehumanizing. But in reality, it's so that you don't think about people who are here illegally. Because if they're here illegally, that's a real issue that needs to be addressed. But if they're just non-citizens, well, I'm, you know, what does that conjure in your mind? That could be someone visiting from France for two weeks. They're a non-citizen. The one that struck me really hard this week was the word fetus as opposed to the word baby. So I looked up the etymology, the origin of the word fetus. It's Latin. It means the bearing or hatching of the young. Now, the pro-abortion movement and this administration and everyone who's so bent out of shape since the Dobbs decision, they refuse to call it a baby. They call it a fetus. But I would argue that if fetus is the word they want to use, then why don't we try using what fetus means? It means the young, the bearing or the hatching of the young. Now, I know that people use the word abort and they don't use the word kill, but if something is alive, even if it's not viable outside the womb, Even if it's in the early stages of development, if those cells are alive, which they are, then if you terminate those cells, what was alive is now dead. And the intentional act to terminate the life is killing something that is alive. Now, the thing that you're killing is the fetus, the young. So you're not aborting a fetus, you're killing the young. So instead of always talking about a woman's right to decide what happens to her body, and it's a woman's choice, why don't we say that what we are supporting is women having the right to kill their young? 
Wow, there's a very different mental and emotional picture. Women having the right to kill their young. Kill meaning abort, a nicer word. And the young, as opposed to fetus, this sort of very official sounding, not very emotional inducing word. I said at the outset of the podcast that I have always loved language, and I have. I'm fascinated by it, and I'm fascinated by words. And in fact, I wrote a book called The Lightworker's Handbook, A Spiritual Guide to Eliminating Fear. That book was written in 2011. It's on, it's on Amazon. You can, you can purchase it if you like. The Lightworker's Handbook, A Spiritual Guide to Eliminating Fear. It's a small book. It's a quick read sort of a thought per page or a couple thoughts per page. But in the back of this book, which I'm holding in my hand at the moment, is something that I titled the English to Spirit Dictionary. And I defined in the back of the book about 40 words, I think. It's been a while since I counted them, but I think there's probably at least 40 words in the back of the book that I've redefined based on something that can define the word in an inspiring way or in an enlightening way. That's how much I love language. I actually created a dictionary, an English to Spirit dictionary. For every definition that's in the English to Spirit dictionary, I define the word and then I give an example of a sentence the way Merriam-Webster would, right? You define the word and then you give an example of what it's like in a sentence. So the first word is reality. Definition. A multifaceted holographic matrix selectively and subjectively experienced. The example is my reality and I are ever-changing. The second word is separate. The definition, a misperception of the relationship of fragmented energy to itself. And the example is, I can't know oneness if I think I'm separate from you. And the last one is within. The definition, the path of fragmented consciousness in returning to itself. And the example, I've traveled the world, but it turns out the only journey worth taking was the journey within. I believe that. I believe that last definition with a passion, that the only journey worth taking is the journey within. Because that sentence is literally true. I have traveled the world, so I've seen a lot of places. I've been a lot of places. I've had a lot of experiences. But the real meaning and the quality of my own perception, the quality, I could argue even the quality of my life, comes from the journey within. Meaning not only a willingness to look at myself honestly, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but also to go within and connect. I guess the better word is reconnect with that part of ourselves that has very little to do with the external reality. Because I love words, because I'm fascinated by them, because I understand the power of them, the power of them, I'm at the least disheartened and at the most nearly furious at what this administration is doing to language, is doing to the words they use. Because to some extent it's working. It has a lot of people 
angry who buy into the definitions that this administration has given those words that I mentioned, because words like disinformation or domestic terrorists or insurrection or voter repression or illegal alien makes people angry when they think about those words with all of the baggage and all of the accusation and all of the judgment that this administration brings to those words. We're being manipulated. We're being manipulated on many levels, but one of them that's really powerful is auditorily, is through our emotions. Right before the introduction to the English to Spirit Dictionary in the back of my book, The Lightworker's Handbook, there's a page that says the following. The world was created through sound frequency. And then I have two quotes. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's John 1.1 from the King James Bible. And the other quote is this. When Moses killed the Egyptian who was beating the Hebrew slave, Moses did so by reciting the secret name of God. That is a quote by Shlomo Yitzhaki, known as the Rashi, a French rabbi and commentator who lived between 1040 and 1105. And the last line on this page is, a light worker knows the power of words. Those two sentences, the one at the beginning of the quotes and the one at the end, are mine. So I'm going to read them together again. The world was created through sound frequency. A light worker knows the power of words. Words can heal, words can help, words can destroy. We have to be careful in the language that we use, in the words that we choose to use in the language that we speak. We have to be very careful. I know when I was growing up, my grandmother used to say, once it's out of your mouth, you no longer are in control of it. And I know the truth of that statement because for many years in my life, I would get angry really easily. And when I did, I said things that were, quite honestly, in retrospect, insane. But I said them because I was emotionally unbalanced at the time. I was extremely angry or I was frustrated, or I was hurt, or whatever happens to us when we become not our highest selves, but potentially our lower or lowest selves. So I know what language, I know what words can do. And I'm very careful now. I choose my words carefully. I do this podcast, and I talk about thinking for yourself, but I also often talk about the higher ground. I mean, I used to have a podcast called the, actually, I used to have a radio show called The Higher Ground in Pennsylvania. And I called it that for the same reason that I end this podcast, as I always do, with an inspiring and an uplifting message and a higher perspective on what's going on around us. Because I know the power of communication. I know the power of words. It does make me angry not to the point of striking out, but it does make me angry and it disheartens me that we are being manipulated through the misuse of words, that the attempt to redefine is the attempt to alter your reality, to manipulate your reality by having you see things not through your own eyes or through your own heart, 
but through the manipulations and the machinations of people who are seeking to control you, to control the culture, to control the country, maybe even to control the world. Don't let them do it. Don't let them think for you. That's why I do think for yourself. If you let them think for you, they will define the words. They will broadcast the words. They will demand that you use the words. And if you're not thinking for yourself, you will use the words. And by that misuse, you will help them solidify their power over you. I want to leave you with the definition from my book of the word power. The definition, the result of knowing your essence is love, your intention creates your experience, and your strongest desire is to be one. The example, to live life in your own power is all there is. So do it. Live life in your own power. Choose your words carefully. Make sure they're your own and not someone else's. And when all is said and done, think for yourself. Thanks for listening. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again on Friday. And until I am, please do think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's Carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.